0: listening to don't be an asshole a spiritual guide it's a podcast where we talk about life music and spirituality as we get into this i just want you to know that it's not about getting you to believe what i believe it's about asking you to ask yourself why you believe what you believe well all right it is time for another episode of don't be an asshole a spiritual guide we'll be doing part two of my conversation with victor adams today we're discussing mental health. Remember, if, you, if you're going through something, if you just need someone to talk to, man, I want you to feel free to connect with me. Uh, both my email and Victor's social media Instagram handle will be in the show notes. So if you need just to reach out to somebody. Now, neither one of us are professional counselors, but it's a place to start. If you're listening and you just say, man, I'm just feeling that, I'm feeling that, and I need to talk to somebody, then reach out. I'm going through that right now. I uh, spent my whole life, you know, dealing with the clouds, dealing with the darkness, and, you know, the clouds would part, and I'm like, hey, I got this. I know what I'm doing now. And a few years ago, I finally sought out some therapy, and that helped, but then, you know, money ran out, and I was like, uh, I'll just uh, hang on again. So now I'm exploring some options again and looking into seeing a doctor and going to see maybe a psychiatrist and doing all that stuff. So we'll see. Maybe in a few months, my brain will be rewired and uh, I'll experience joy and happiness like a normal human being. That's the hope, right? Well, anyway... If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to patron.podbean.com forward slash Eric Tommier. That will also be in the notes. You could follow the link and you could give money and we can continue having these delightful conversations. Got some exciting things coming up. I'm going to be doing a five-part series talking about nostalgia coming up. And I'm pretty excited talking about that. I've already done something like that last year, where I dove into music from the 60s and 70s. This time I'm going to dive into music, news, and personal memories from the 80s and 90s. Should be fun, at least for me. I hope you like it. So without further ado, it's time to get into this conversation with Victor. All right.
1: My job is for you to talk it out yourself and find out the answers for yourself.
0: Right. That's exactly it right there.
1: So, I mean, that that really hits hard because you kind of sit there and at first I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, yeah, what, I, trying to be a smart ass? I
0: like, didn't come here to, <laughs> if I had the answers, I wouldn't be paying you. But, yeah, uh,
1: exactly. It was definitely, you know, I think that hit me hard. And I was just kind of like, you know, he's right. You know, you can lead people as much as you want to into a a situation, but you cannot make decisions for people. They have to make the decisions for themselves, but you can definitely help them make the right decision. But maybe it's not the right decision for them in their own life. It may be right in your mind, but maybe it's not the best for them.
0: Right. That's why you have to. It's almost like Inception. You know, you have to make people believe it's their idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, like as any leader, any good leader will do that. You know, in like the church world where I where I was working for years, if you wanted your your board, if you wanted your constituents, you wanted your people to get behind this vision that you have, mm-hmm. instead of just saying, "Here's our vision. This is what we're going to do," you start before you even get to a meeting. You're just talking to people, shooting the breeze, having a cup of coffee. Wouldn't it be great if our world had this oh yeah if, if our community had this service yeah oh, that yeah. would be you know and then you keep saying that enough to where someone in a meeting will like hey you know what we need to do and then they're running with your idea that's what a leader does is plant the seeds of your idea in enough people to where they come up with that idea on their own exactly and same thing in therapy you plant enough seeds of you have value
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you're you're not worth it. You're worth, you, you keep planting worth in people. Exactly. And that grows It flowers. And that's, that's our job as human beings. You know, my whole ministry and my life boils down to one phrase, love God, love people, and don't be an asshole. We love God by loving people. We love people by not being assholes. And so that's, that's where it all uh, boils down to. And I just want, you know, and I think you and I want the same thing. We want people around us to find value in themselves.
1: We do, but that can be very hard to do, especially if you don't really know what you're meant to do in this life. Right? I feel like a lot of people that even I've spoken to through social media, through direct messaging, which also for any listeners, I do talk to people every now and then when they do outreach to me and ask me for any kind of maybe advice on what I think about something. But I do throw the disclaimer in there that just because I may give that advice doesn't mean that it's necessarily the right thing to do or the best Mm -hmm. advice. I'm just giving friendly kind advice, you know, right. um, I definitely like to think that I'm insightful enough to make a, a good decision. But yeah, going back to what you were saying, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people, not just my age, but even people older than me, like my own parents, it really still to this day, my mom really doesn't know what she really likes to do. She doesn't know what she really wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, I think there's certain people out there like, oh, yeah, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. But there's so many things you can do in this world. And that's why we have hobbies. And that's why, like with you, with podcasting or doing something else, you have these hobbies on the side that fulfill that for you. And you kind of find that purpose through all of the things that you do. You don't just have one thing that you stick to and say, that's my purpose. That's my life. That's everything. I do think it's important to have all these things on the side too, to kind of, you know, fill all that in, you know, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. All right, man. Well, you know, yeah. you got a lot to say and yeah. I'm excited about this going out. I'm excited about, uh, I'll send you some promotional clips and stuff like that yes. that you can post or whatever, you know, you're pulling out some quotes, but, I always do like to ask a couple of questions and we go for it. This is not how we have to end. This is just something that we throw in there. Okay. I don't think there's anything more spiritual than music because music is yeah. this great connector. You don't have to speak the same language to speak the language of music, you know. There are people I uh one of our big things in our ministry when I worked uh as a campus pastor at USC at University of Southern California, not not South Carolina, not on your side of the country, but uh, mm-hmm. here on my side. And um international students were a big part of what we did. And mm-hmm. you had students from China or from India or Japan and you, you turn on a Beatles song, they all know it, man. They, yeah. They're like, Yeah, I love the Beatles or yeah. And they all knew, and of course, stuff that I didn't know. You know, because so I, I don't know what's popular now. I don't know what's two, two, 2019 popular, but yeah. I do know that there are people who all over the world who love the same thing. And so, anyway, that's just a long setup. That music's a very spiritual, connective thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think for me, when I hear well, there's thousands of songs, but when I hear a song, it almost always takes me back to a certain memory, a certain feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering, is there, are there any songs like that for you or one specific song that you want to tell us about that always takes yeah. you back to the same memory? And we'll unpack the memory and talk about whether the song has any intrinsic value or not.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, well, my song is from Johnny Cash. I'm throwing it back. I love Johnny Cash. One thing before my grandfather passed away was he had a lot of cassettes. And he would put these cassettes in his old two thousand BMW five twenty eight I and we'd be cruising (laughs) down the road and we'd listen to I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. And it was just a moment of like connection for the two of us because we had certain things in common, but we didn't have, you know, like I guess we we didn't have many things that bonded us together. And so something that I could always fall back on is remembering that. So every time that song comes on, you know, I'll sit there and if I'm not, if I'm not crying just a little bit, there's something wrong. Okay. It was, it was always something, it was something special for me to have him there and just be able to listen to that with them. It even made me learn it on the guitar. Okay. So um, I, you know, actually play guitar in my spare time as well as play piano. I played piano for a while but uh i've fallen out of those two instruments for a bit now but i'm a little afraid to pick them back up and try something but
0: uh i've been playing guitar since uh oh, i guess about 31 years i've been playing guitar and,
1: uh, you can teach me a few things. Oh, probably.
0: <laughs> but I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I kind of plateaued uh, about uh, 29 years ago. And, uh, mm-hmm. um. but yeah, so is your grandfather still alive or is he passed no, on? He,
1: he passed away in uh, February of 2017, which is why okay. February is always a hard month for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was a state trooper for 30 years. Oh, wow. He served his country as well. Uh, in the Navy, he was a U.S. Navy veteran, and he always kind of had a. Um, he was always known around here as a badass. I mean, that okay. was really the epitome of him. So, I mean, a lot of people knew who he was, and I'm really the only one in our family that has kind of turned into being like him. He uh, always wanted to reach out and help people, not just through being a state trooper. And back in the day, state troopers were really more of like helpers rather than people that were going to write you up or do this yeah. or do that that was during the time where you would pull over on the side of the road and you see someone struggling and you help them out. Yeah. Um, but he would do things like he'd give, uh, his always coats to the homeless. I remember one night we were cruising down the road and he was just handing out jackets left and right. Just like, Hey, it's cold. You need a jacket. You know, here you go. Nice. And, it just kind of set the tone for who I was going to be as well, you know? So I think I take after him a lot with that, but nobody in my family other than my grandfather passed on. Now was really social. So I'm really the only one that's taken after him mm-hmm. on being kind of stand out ish and someone that could stand out in a crowd and be social like that. So I take after him on that.
0: Yeah. Grant, my grandpa was a big, uh, is a big hero. And I still have uh, my, my grandfather or on my mom's side, because uh, everyone you're in the South. You've seen it. They have kids young, man. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oh
1: yeah. My,
0: my uh, my my grandma was 16 when she had my mom. My mom was 18 when she had me. I waited till I was 30 to start having kids. You know, I was right. like, this is too much pressure, man. <laughs> it's a huge job. But so I have, I have both of my grandparents still living on my mom's side. But yeah, my grandfather was a hero to me. Same I here. mean, yeah, Same he here. was. Uh, he he basically was the man I wanted to emulate because uh, mm-hmm. he was like the word is your bond type of person, you know. That's a handshake. I mean, well, cool, man. When I yeah. I I was trying to think of uh, a new because I'm after a several episodes, I'm like, well, what song do I want to talk about that actually you know has any type of meaning? And I was thinking about being a kid. I was thinking, yeah. you know, what that was like, and kind of the emotional side of childhood mm-hmm. because you reached out to me talking about mental health and so, so that kind of put me in this uh, like spin of, of that. And so I was thinking way back to the fifth grade. So 1985, oh, uh, way, way back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Back. yeah. 1985 when back to the future came out, when Michael J uh-huh. Fox got in that flying oh, DeLorean.
1: Back to the future.
0: Yeah. I had gone to not 13 different, total elementary schools, but 13 different elementary classes, because I'd move around so much. And so three kindergartens, uh, three different first grades, a couple of different second grades. And so by the time I landed at my last elementary school, which was Eisenhower Elementary in Norman, Oklahoma, I was like halfway through the year. And that was it. I mean, after that, you go to a middle school, which is a bigger district. So even we moved but i didn 't have to switch schools, and so when I, mm-hmm. when I went to Irving Middle School for three years, that was the biggest shock to my system that I 'd ever experienced was, was mm-hmm. going to the same school for three years. But every morning I think it was every morning I mean this was a long time ago. there was like an assembly before school, which is mm-hmm. uh, I know none of my other schools did that uh, elementary schools. There was this assembly before school, and they would play music, and every single day they played a brand new song at the time called greatest love of all by Whitney Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts off. I believe the children are our future. And I was like, and even back then it wasn't my kind of music. I was more of a Neil Young Beatles. uh, guy. I liked folk music and I like classic rock, even at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And so, and they they were way before my time. I just liked it better. But this, I'm, they always played two songs. I don't remember what the other song is, but this one, it just really stuck out because I was even at, at 10 years old, I'm like, they're really trying to get us to be positive. Cause yeah. I mean, starting off with that song. And so when, every time I hear that song, which is not often, I listen to the music I listen to by choice. And so you don't accidentally hear pop music from the eighties on a, yeah. you know, yeah. when, when you're, when you're listening to the velvet underground on Pandora, you know, <laughs> and, And, but anytime I hear any Whitney Houston, but especially that song, it automatically takes me back to sitting in that gym in the fifth grade in 1985 and going, well, somebody believes the children is the future, you know, and, and that was what that school was trying to promote. And even then I could identify that they were really trying to make us feel good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's what that song means to me. Is the children being the future, which here we are now. Yeah. And it's the same, the same thing. It is. You know, we have, I got three kids. I got a 12 year old, a nine year old and a four year old, all boys trying to train them to be not assholes. It's hard work because it's our human nature. It is who we are. But so uh, trying to train them, I'm just trying to figure out who people are. You guys, my kids, people your age, the thing is people are living longer now, first of all, and I'm 44 years old. I still got a lot of years left. I don't have to calcify. I don't have to be a fossil. I could, yeah. still, be, I could still be malleable. And so anyone else who's 45 or 55 or 75 still has a part to play in, the, in making the world a better place. Uh, making the future. But the, I think the point of the song is in 50 years, I'm not going to be here and you are yeah. So the, the ideals and the, and, and the philosophies that are being built right now are going to be the pervasive philosophies of the government and capitalism yeah. and everything 50 years yeah. from now. And so we got to do everything we can to make sure that y'all get there as healthily as possible.
1: Well, one of my sayings is what we do now is what's going to impact the next generation after us. Right. And I really do, you know, stay true to that. I mean, what we do now, if we spread this love and we spread this positivity among, you know, as many people as possible, if it gets around enough, enough people are going to want that. It's just going to keep spreading and spreading that. I mean, that's my hope for when I have kids and I have my own family that they can continue that on. But obviously I don't want them to feel pressure to just do something because their dad wants them to do it rather, you know, something where they can be like, you know, dad really does want to do something good for the world. And, you know, maybe me feel inspired by that and want to do that too. Yeah. So
0: what, what do you see as being the biggest obstacles or issues with people your age in high school right now? Cause I got to tell you, man, I have no clue what goes on there was no internet when I was in high school. So there was no online bullying. There was none of this trying to live a life. There, or,
1: you're exactly right. Because of the internet, a lot of problems have occurred, but in a way it's also helped in a lot of ways. But I mean, that, that's a very generic statement. I mean, obviously the internet has helped all of us to agree. Yeah. I mean, out. we
0: wouldn't be doing this right now without the internet. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, point proven, but, uh for right now I mean what I see is kind of like some of it's still the same a lot of like I said depression is is transmitted into using drugs or you know being curious about these different things curiosity's always been a thing in high school though I think mm-hmm. you know everyone's always been curious in high school because rumor gets around or it just takes that one person to say something and it just keeps getting fed and blah 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 but the biggest thing I see now which has changed is how dependent we are on our cell phones, mm-hmm. especially during class. It's almost like they can't, I mean, personally, this isn't the problem for me, but I do struggle with it sometimes. I will admit I can't stay off my phone sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of kids are like that too.
0: Oh, I think, um, I think there are adults like that. There are people in their thirties yeah, that are like that.
1: Of course. But that's probably the biggest thing that I see among high schoolers right now Um, And then, like I said, the second biggest thing would be the curiosity thing, you know, believing what everyone says. But also to go back to what you were saying about how social media has kind of impacted things. A lot of people are pretending to be something that they're not. Right. I feel like that's a real big thing as well. Kind of that identity that a lot of kids get bullied for not being one way. So now you have the advantage of being able to open a social media account and appear one way, but maybe you're not really that way. But you're just doing it so that, you know, you can be with the cool kids or fit in or do this or do that, which obviously isn't really smart to do or good to do, because who really gives a damn about their opinion. But still, you know, mm-hmm. kids do it and I've witnessed it and I see it a lot. And there's nothing you can really do about it. You know, there's always gonna be kids that stick to their ways. I mean, it's become a thing to where even I emailed my principal kind of something similar to what I emailed you. And was like, can I give a presentation to the entire school? Mm-hmm. Now, mind, my school has about two thousand five hundred kids in it. Yeah, we'd have to put them all in a gym, and you know, blah yeah. blah blah. But I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'm a good enough speaker to where I could really maybe be a voice for something. And my principal is like, I really like what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and I want you to have this opportunity. But it's more of a counselors, you know, situation. So what we'll do is we'll meet up with one of the counselors of the school who's been there for like twenty years. And we can have a conversation with her about what you'll talk about. Well, he told me to forward the email that I sent him to that counselor. Well, it's been about two weeks and I haven't heard back from her. Right. I saw her the other day in the hallway and she was just like, Oh, Hey Victor. And then just kind of cut her eyes real quick and just kept walking. Yeah. And so I finally talked to my principal about it and my other counselor as well. And he was just like, you know, she has been a face at this school for 20 years And I guess two years ago, someone had a similar idea, but he ended up turning it around on the counselors claiming that they weren't doing enough, that they weren't helping enough kids and that they weren't really realizing what was wrong with kids, which obviously I wasn't going to do. But still, I can understand how as an institution in a school like that, you would be scared that if this kid gets a chance to have his voice heard like that, you know yeah. what can he influence to all these other kids but yeah
0: yeah well, you know, once burned twice shy as they say
1: yeah um, and it, it pissed me off it did but i mean i have used it from you know that's what made me decide well you know what i'm gonna look into podcasts okay and see what i can do with that and i have met. Ne- i've never i really never used to listen to podcasts or that but now i'm starting to figure out there's a big world of podcasting and people really are using it as an outlet to really get things out there. And then upon discovering you and finding you, I was like, wow, like this is, this might be something I want to go into, you know? Yeah. So, but
0: yeah, I, uh, in order to make ends meet out here in LA, I also drive for Uber part time. And, uh, so I got kids, kids, not, not under 18, you know, supposedly because, you know, you're not supposed to be able to have an Uber account until you're 18, at least here anyway. Yeah. But I get people in, the, in my, I drive a minivan obviously cause I have three kids. So that's, that's, that's the world I live in boys and girls. Right. Is I'm a minivan man. So they get in and it's 2:30 in the morning and it's some hot club in Los Angeles. And it, you know, they, they're, oh, they're completely lit. They're wasted oh, or, man. or you know, I mean, I've had all kinds of things. But yeah. the, the the social media aspect of it, the disconnect that I see is they get in and immediately they just open up their phone and they start watching videos from where they just were. And they're just there and just listening to like the videos and it's like playing them over and over again, their Insta stories and all this stuff and just putting things out there. And I'm like, you were just yeah. there. You just lived it. You just experienced it. Yeah, why well, like,
1: do have to work at it again? Yeah.
0: And sometimes I think they're just documenting their life. Sometimes I think they're like, Hey, I'm so drunk. I want to make sure that nothing bad happened, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I've also had two completely sober teenagers in the van, like picking them up at a mall and driving them home. And they're both on their phones and they're showing each other what they, what they've tweeted or snapped, you know, cause I, I yeah. that's another one I don't understand. Like, Oh, did you yeah. see my snap to, to John? Oh, what did he say? And this is, and that's, and all they were going back and forth. The only thing they were talking about it's like, oh, you should have seen what I the meme I wrote. And they put, it and then they just they're just showing right. each other. Yeah.
1: They're, I know what you're talking about?
0: But I'm like, but they're not in the moment. They're not with they're each not other.
1: Communicating with each yeah. other. It's more of like a yeah. disconnect, like you said. Yeah, I I see that a lot too. And that's why I really take it. You know, I guess I am kind of old-fashioned in this way. I mean, my parents have raised me to a degree where. When you're in the car or whenever you're with someone, you give your attention to them.
0: You know, don't, right. Don't, and I'm trying not to be, be like own. that old guy that's like all these kids and their devices yeah. and all that stuff. But and I know it's a different world that it this is. is how people are connecting. People are connected through their devices and people are connected. Yeah. But I'm like, is that the is that just the way it's going to be or do we need to get on board with this? Or do we need to help each other connect in uh, an organic way?
1: Well, I think both ways are, I mean, obviously that's starting. I mean, I think there can be too much of that, you know, but at the same time, just personally, because obviously my relationship right now with my girlfriend wouldn't be working if it weren't for the oh, yeah. technology.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: with her being three and a half hours away now and leaving for college just about a month ago, it's become a thing to rely on FaceTime and Skype and all this stuff. And it really makes you start to appreciate that that stuff has been created and you do have this chance to do that. But I agree with you that there also has to be that, you know, in-person kind of type communication. I think people are starting to become so comfortable Mm -hmm. with texting That with a lot of people, they can text so much better than they can actually express themselves in person.
0: They'll be texting if they're in the car with each other.
1: Yeah, like (laughs) kind of like uh, okay, you know, like oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, and it's another. Now I'm just going to start airing all my grievances. I'm going to be the grumpy old man from Saturday Night Live. That no, no, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. But I've there's people who they'll have the phone in their hands and they still got the chimes on. They still got all their sound effects on. I'm like, dude, you have it in your hand, and it's just going (laughs) off constantly. You don't need to be alerted. You you don't need to be alerted. You're looking at it. Well, man, I I uh, need to wrap this up, so I'm going to ask you my last question. Go and uh, there's no right or wrong answer to this, but it's called "Don't Be an Asshole," a spiritual guide, and so I ask everybody in light. I'm the world is going a million miles an hour in one direction. Some people have always had faith some people rely on spirituality some people have completely rejected faith and spirituality is there and for some you know for me the spirituality I grew up with doesn't make sense anymore I still have faith but it's a different kind Mm -hmm. I was just wondering is there a faith or a spiritual aspect to your life that you lean into and if so why
1: um, I am Christian. Originally, my mom, being from Bulgaria, she was Greek Orthodox. Okay. And she was raised into that, you know, Dominion and all that. Um, but my dad was real uh, Southern Baptist. So okay. it's kind of weird how you had both of these kind of like, whoa, you know, collide like that. But one thing that my parents kind of taught me, which I'm really glad that they didn't really put that pressure on me, was that you know, you don't have to go to church to necessarily, I guess, be into your religion, or you don't have to, you can, you can express your religion anywhere. But I guess one thing that's always, it's always been this way to me is, you know, for non-believers or anybody, I don't look at anybody differently just because they don't believe, or I don't look at anybody, you know, to be less than me just because they may not believe what I believe in. If anything, I'm kind of just sitting there, and I'm like, I'm not going to push my views or my religion onto them because that's not really right of me. That's their decision to make, and if they want to move in that direction or ask me more questions about it, they can. But you know, for me personally, I I, I just I I believe that they're you know, if you really want me to go descriptive with it, I believe that you know, not really. How do I put this? For me. I was kind of born into that Christianity. So there's never been a reason for me to really, I don't want to say question it because definitely I've questioned it before, Mm -hmm. but I've gotten to a point where I kind of, I really do believe because I know it's going to sound kind of silly, but this is just for me personally, upon praying about the problems that I occurred, whether it was with Ethan or my grandfather passing away or certain things going on, it always seemed to work for me. There always seemed to be something in the air or in the room that I was in that kind of sat there and was just like, you've been heard, you know? And it was just something that kind of is in you. You can't right. really explain it to somebody. It's just something that you kind of feel for yourself. And it was just kind of like, wow, like he really is here, you know? Kind of yeah. like, wow, it, It really is happening, but you can't really explain that to somebody. Someone look at you like you're a lunatic, you know, but like for me personally, that's helped me. And that has got me to a degree where I've been able to get mentally stable enough to keep pushing through my own obstacles and burdens of life.
0: Yeah. I always tell people nobody's ever going to believe what you believe until they've experienced what you've experienced. And uh, someone has to experience God to believe in God. I grew up sure. with people saying, "Oh, you have to believe, and then you'll don't, experience." No, don't you experience first? Um, and then, you then you believe. There's, there's just no other way around it. Exactly. So, um, I
1: agree.
0: Well, Victor, I thank you for your time. And, yes, thank uh,
1: you. I thank appreciate
0: you. you taking this time. I'm gonna send you out some uh, promotional like little clips maybe a headliner app or a uh, video or something like that and, yes and
1: I would love
0: that do whatever you want with it and uh, I'll link to your the only thing I have of you is your Instagram I don't have yeah. any other uh, uh, of that's
1: your really what I mainly use okay. just Instagram so that will work for me okay I'll yeah. put that
0: down in the show notes and people can reach out and you know follow you or you know ask for you a sure. question or whatever and uh, hey man best of luck all right man take
1: care of
0: yourself all right peace bye-bye well i hope you enjoyed part two and the final part of my conversation with victor stay tuned for that nostalgia series coming up and i have some other guests lined up so you know all right hey kids don't be assholes